you know, don't feel like you have to be on completely on all the time. We edit and make ourselves sound intelligible. So, well, I've heard you guys show before, so it's all good. Really? <laughs> well, yeah. And you, oh my God, and you and still, still agreed agreed to us? do it? Welcome to AT Banter, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything regarding the world of assistive technology. With our hosts, Steve Barkley, Robineau, and Ryan Fleury. Now, let's banter. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. I am Robin O. And I am Ryan Flurry. No, no, no. That's not how the intro goes. We're changing you it up. Thir- no, we've done 30 episodes. We're, We're mixing it up. No, the, that's the... St- I've... I am... Okay, now... See, now you've really see? thrown me for a loop. Now I have another thing for the blooper show. <laughs> uh, I am Rob Minot, and as usual, I am joined by Ryan Flurry. I guess I'm Ryan Flurry now. I guess you are. <laughs> And uh, normally we generally have Steve Barkley in, but he is off in the wilds of Edmonton, I think, today. Is that where he is? He's in Edmonton. Edmonton. So it's just the two of us. Uh, Today we are pretty excited. We're talking to a fella who's big on the YouTube by the name of Tommy Edison. Who is the blind film critic. Yes. And... He's also star of the Tommy Edison experience. So we're going to be talking to him in a few minutes. But first, we'll banter. Banter, banter. All right, let's bring him on. (laughs) Uh, No, we're uh, we're here. Surprisingly, we had our we had our Christmas party over the weekend. Our staff Christmas party. We did. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We had some guitars, some singing, some, some drinking. Some tarantula tequila that I've never had before. It was very yummy. It That's crazy. That's the craziest <laughs> tequila I've ever had. But it's not like a true tequila. It, and I, I forget what they call it. It's like an agave or something is the, the term, but it's not a true tequila. Oh, really? Is yeah. that why it didn't taste like liquid Right. Well, it has, it has a citrus flavoring to it. So I don't know if they mix it with lemon lime or what they do, but yeah, it's different. It goes down way too easy. Well, like I said at the party, if you mix it with Sprite, you don't even taste it. Oh. And next thing you know, you're on the floor. Yeah, that's that's brutal. <laughs> it's awesome. It's great for camping. So Ryan and Steve made me drink, I don't know, three, four, five shooters. I don't even know how many. Yeah, well, the bottle was gone was at no the end good. of the night. That was so. no good at all Sunday. <laughs> and then not... mixing it with wine. Oh. And... <laughs> Yeah, it was not not a cool Sunday for me. It wasn't bad. I went to bed. We got home about 12:30. Took some Advil, a glass of water, went uh, to bed and it wasn't bad. See, that was my mistake. I didn't I didn't drink any water yeah. before. I... That's important. Well, it is, but you have to have the you have to be in the frame of mind all by the oh, time I had to I force it home, down. <laughs> by the time I got home, I was just my frame of mind was like bad. Yep. <laughs> not stopping to drink water. No, I knew if I didn't I'd be paying for it. And I did. I have to ask Rachel how she was doing because she, she was, said she, she did was, all right. She was matching me for those those shots. So. Yeah, but I'm not a big I'm not a big like I don't do hard alcohol a lot. Mm. So no, she said she she did all right. 
She's younger than us, too, so she can bounce back a little easier, I think. Yeah. I need, like, two days to recover sometimes. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I had yesterday off. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I was able to actually do some errands, because I didn't do any errands or anything on yeah. Sunday. I wasn't doing <laughs> nothing except lying on the couch watching Netflix. <laughs> Yes, Christmas parties. So what yeah, do without them. it was good. No, it was good. It was nice. It was nice and laid back and quiet. So mm-hmm. it was it was very enjoyable. Uh, all right. Well, uh, listen. Uh, today we are very fortunate to have with us a young fella named Tommy Edison. Who... I don't think he's that young. Shh. How dare you? I'm reading. I'm reading his notes that he gave. Oh, his own notes. That's right. <laughs> They're he, not biased he, at all. He emailed me these. <laughs> <laughs> the young and handsome Tommy Edison. Uh, if for those people who may not be familiar with Tommy, he has a couple very popular YouTube channels. Uh, one called the Blind Film Critic, and the other one called the Tommy Edison Experience, where he goes into detail about uh, his life as a blind person and what it's like, and a lot of the misconceptions that sighted people may have. Um, Tommy, welcome. Hi, how are you? <laughs> it's nice to be here. Yes, yeah, thanks for joining us. Well, we, thanks for having me. How's it going? What's happening? How are we doing? It, it's everybody good. It's, it's good. Cold here. We're just we're just really happy that you are actually the Tommy Edison. <laughs> oh, here we go. We've had some we've had some issues. <laughs> yep. All right. So, anyways, uh, Tommy, uh, have now have you been blind since birth? I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, what is your eye condition? Oh, geez. I don't know. Um, Blindness. Like they don't work. It's, I, I guess it's um, – what I was always told was I have an underdeveloped optic nerve. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah. So you have no um, light perception or anything? I do have light perception. I have a little bit, but I have cataracts too, so okay. it's gone pretty dark. I mean, I did a video um, recently about do I turn the lights on at home or not when I'm alone. Right. Um, and I don't because like I'm not really thinking about light and looking for it too much. So um, I, like I would forget that the lights were on and stuff, and then you know I have a cab driver a week later go, you know your bathroom lights still on. <laughs> so um, but yeah, so I do have a bit of light perception, but I I don't really depend on it. I'll put it to you that way. How's right. that? Yep. No, I hear you. And what was it like growing up blind? Well, I mean. You know, I always talk about it. It was my normal, right? It's like asking the. It's like asking one of the Obama kids, "What's it like, you know, with your old man being in the White House?" Or it's like, you know, asking Bubba's kid, you know, "What's it like, you know, Chelsea, what, you know, when your dad was in the White House?" And that's their normal, and like right. it was my normal too. But it was great fun. I had sisters who wanted me to, um, sisters and parents for that matter, who wanted me to do all the things that the other kids were doing. Just because I couldn't see, didn't mean I couldn't do, you know, go out and ride bikes and hang out and, you know, whatever. Um, and so I, like I, I went through the public school systems in my hometown, um, all the way up until, well, I guess grade nine. And then I went away to school cause I was a bird kid. Um, <laughs> well, I just wasn't a very good student. And so they figured if we send him away, maybe he'll get the attention he needs. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that's what growing up was like for me. It was fun. I had a good time. I had a lot of friends. It was, I grew up in a nice place, um, you know, and got to listen. We, you know, my parents said, okay, we, you know, we didn't have everything we wanted, but we certainly had everything we needed. So that kind of leads me into questions about uh, so, do you use Braille and what assistive technology do you use? I am. I'm a Braille reader, I've, although I don't read it very often. Um, I mainly use Braille when I worked. So I worked for a long time in radio. That was a childhood dream of mine when I was about 
like three, four years old. I knew I wanted to be on the radio. The moment I heard it, mm. I, was, I was like, this is for me, man. This is serious. Like as a five, six year old kid, everybody wants to be a cowboy or a fireman or that kind of thing. I wanted to be a boss jock. You know <laughs> what I mean? But, uh, so I am a Braille reader. I use, um, I use Apple product as well. I use an iPhone and stuff, um, and a, and a MacBook pro and that. Um, but that's about it. I, you know, Braille, I really only use, um, or will use if I have to like, you know, read a commercial for somebody, let's say, and they're paying for it. So I, you know, I don't want to goof up any of the words that they bought. You know what I mean? Right. They, they bought 60 seconds and bloody hell, they're going to get 60 seconds. And I have to ask, how do you do the traffic? You can't see the traffic cam. <laughs> no, but it, it, when I started, there were no traffic cams. Right. They, they didn't even exist. So here's how I did the traffic. And this is funny, too, because I had to convince people that it was going to be okay. I mean, like, I, you know, I went for a job as a blind traffic reporter and had to convince all the suits mm-hmm. that this is going to be okay. Um, so how I did it, I listened to police scanners. Um, I listened to... I, you know, that was my big thing, the cops, listen to the cops. And the other big thing I, I did was I'd set up a phone number that was – in those days, there were only two wireless companies, right, in, in the States that were of any consequence. It was, you know, um, what was well, – it was what was what is now Verizon, mm-hmm. and what was you know what is now AT and T. Those were the two big ones. Anyway, you could call me for free and report stuff that you see on the road, and that was the that was really the the special sauce of the Big Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because people would, and I developed a network, and I I had people that I knew their voices and stuff, and knew that their stuff was good. Then if it was somebody for the first time, I'd call cops and check it out, or I'd hang on and wait a minute and see if somebody else called with the same crash, because two calls for the same. Crash crash means it's real right. right so that but really that's how i did it It was all about listening there was nothing to see in my job well, if you were to sit at the desk where i worked in front of you was a big giant wall that would have <laughs> tell you what the traffic was with it that's great <laughs> so now- yeah, man, i'll tell you what radio was a lot of fun that was I, I had a great time working in radio the hours were horrible um but man oh man was it fun now are you still doing radio no, I'm not. Although I I do a show on the internet. So some friends of mine, some old radio pirate friends of mine, um, do a little thing on the. On, they, they call themselves the Hank and Jim Radio Network because it's Hank Hayes and Gymnasium, right? Those are the two guys. Right. And so I do a thing with them every every now and then, and it's just fun. We just you know play tunes and you know play jingles and stuff, and it's it's great fun. So it, you know it, that's like my happy place being on a radio. Now, what station were you were you at? I was at a radio station called Star 99.9, which was owned in those days by um, Cox, a uh, company out of Atlanta. Um, yeah, and so I, I worked for them for a long time. Before that, I worked at um, a radio station at, a little bit closer to me in Connecticut. Um, I worked as, as a jock playing jazz, and then I, we, they flipped format, and I actually got to they, – they blew me up and then brought me back in, and I was playing oldies. So you know, I started <laughs> playing Stan Getz and Brubeck and stuff, and then I you know, finished off playing the Supremes and uh, you know, the Beatles and the Stones and stuff. So it was fun. Wow. And what did, like, uh, which did you like better, DJing or traffic recording? Well, see, that's a great question because when you're doing your own show, then you're sort of accountable, right? Because uh, the ratings come out and, well, you know, you're seven to midnight slipping. You know, what are you going to do here, T? You know, um, but, and when you're doing the traffic, you're a part of somebody else's show. So, <laughs> right? So you can see how I like a little of both. Right. Traffic was fun because I was, I was on a morning show and an afternoon show because I worked both ends of the day. So, 
um, you know, it gave me a chance to do like to be funny and to play and to do voices and all that kind of thing that I really like. So I, I think traffic was more fun, but I, I sure do miss jocking. It was, I mean, I love jocking too. So did you actually go to broadcast school and become? No, uh-uh. I, I learned about it on the streets, man. Okay. I, you know, I, <laughs> I learned about radio on the mean streets. I knew kids that were pirates. I knew a couple of people that, um, and, were, and so if you don't know, a radio pirate is somebody who broadcasts without a license. So right. in this country here in the U.S., um, it's without the regulation of the Federal Communications Commission. Um, and there are some spaces on the band and stuff where you can, then you just get a little transmitter and an antenna and just put it up and go. I mean, you know, so that's that's how I learned it really in, in pirate radio right and you you know you think about it pirate radio was kind of like you know the 80s answer to youtube mm-hmm. well yeah and actually it goes much farther back like into the 60s for example when the beatles broke in the uk um back in 63 62 and 63 there was no pop music station radio one for the bbc didn't sign until 1967 right. so there was no play- you could hear shows you know two hours three hours of pop music but that was it so there were guys out in the north sea on these on these barges that would do radio and you'd go out for two weeks and work you know like swinging radio london or the caroline boat or the laser boat um there were all these guys out, you know out doing this out in the north sea um in wow. the 60s because it was nowhere to hear pop music hmm. interesting yeah it's 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 an interesting thing. well i'm <laughs> you can tell I really love radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's what it's all now, about, you know, right? That they're playing 13 in a row with less talk and, you know, longer commercial breaks. But, the, it, you know, and it's still good. It's There's still something very special about it. Not, I, it'll always be in my blood. But it, it is interesting when you think about it because, you know, it was really – you know, we're so lucky now to have things like YouTube where – Anybody can sort of have a voice and, you know, throw their opinions, throw their content out into the, into the, you know, the wild world and actually get an audience. And, you know, back then pirate radio was kind of the only way to do that. And then, you know, eventually, you know, you got stuff like cable access where, where you could get it, but, you know, even that was difficult to get. And so it's, it's kind of a great time that we live in right now where anybody can fire up a YouTube channel. Absolutely. And YouTube has been incredible. It's, you know, it's a lot of fun and it's, you know, it's so funny doing YouTube because it's one of those things. I, like I was a radio guy, as you can tell, and I was, I'll never be on video. Why, why would I just be on the radio? And now you know people know me for YouTube rather than being a disc talk. Right. Why don't we start with, uh, just tell us how, like, how did the YouTube channel start up? Well, I'll tell you, it was so I was hanging out with Ben Churchill, who's he's the guy who directs and, and and shoots and produces all the stuff that we do. Okay. And they it was a Monday night. We're hanging out drinking beers as you do on a Monday. And uh, <laughs> I was complaining about a film. I can't remember which one it was right now, but it it, it kind of doesn't matter. I was I was able to follow it for like eighty-five percent of the way, and then all the resolution was told with everything but words. Right? It was music and it was this and it was that, but nobody spoke. So all these characters I'd grown attached to, I had no idea how they finished off, right? So I, we started to talk, and we came up with the idea of let's do let's do movie reviews for the blind, you know, blind people movie reviews, and let's see what happens, you know, from a blind person's point of view, right? Yeah. It's something that sighted people would probably never consider, and so you know, we'll we'll do some reviews. But the, so the first one we went and did was for Scream Four, <laughs> and we put it up on a Friday. About Friday midday, I guess, right? Because we went to the movies and then shot it, and I went to work, and Ben went home and did his magic and put the video up. And that Monday night, 
um, we got tweeted out by Roger Ebert. Wow. <laughs> yeah. wow. Yeah. Which is giant. I mean, yeah, yeah Roger Ebert, if you don't know, is one of the <laughs> oh, yeah. absolute kings of movies. Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely right. And yeah, so he tweeted and that really gave us a, a real big boost and, um, you know, help to get the channel going. And then the other channel started as an offshoot of the Blind Film Critic channel because people were asking a lot of questions about my life in the comments. Right. Um, and so, we, you know, was, we could either answer these questions or we could make videos about them. So we decided to uh, make videos and there, there was a second channel. Wow. So you really hit the ground running if mm -hmm. your first video was tweeted out by Roger Ebert. Yeah, we. I mean, we're really, really fortunate. We're very lucky. I'm knocking on my head to knock on wood here, but uh, it was it was pretty incredible. And what, like, when was that? What year was that? That was back in 2011. That was uh, April 15, 2011, was uh, when the first one went up. Wow. It was it was it was incredible. I, it still blows. I, I you know I hear myself telling a story and I'm like, wow, that's us. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, because I, I just want to also ask as well. You know, we we realized or found out that you were also on the Howard Stern show. Ah, I was on the Howard Stern. <laughs> that's right. You know what? That's funny. Yeah, because I was. I, I remember you. Like I, I actually Blind spent Pete. spent a good. <laughs> A good portion of my workday listening to the Howard Stern show. Back Rob was a was, huge fan. When I was, oh, me too. I loved Howard. I, I, I still do. He's wonderful. And yeah, I. So <laughs> very quickly, I'll tell you. Um, so you got to remember, I was working in what they call adult contemporary radio. So that it's it's sort of pop the quieter hits, if you will, right? Without the hard stuff, without the rap. Although that's changing now as well. But uh, in those days, so I didn't want to blow up my spot. Right. I didn't want to, you know, be Tommy Edison on the Stern show. I just, you know, I got a job. I don't want to get fired. <laughs> so I said it was Pete from northern New Jersey, from up in Bergen <laughs> County, New Jersey, because I figured I knew enough about Bergen County where I could sort of, you know, you know, sort Take of con it. my way through it. And I, I knew enough about the, the highways and the parkways and things of like that. You know, so if anybody ever asked me, anything, you know, I knew some places. Um, and so I was Pete from New Jersey. <laughs> That's and now did and you doing this YouTube stuff? Now it's very funny because people find it. They go, oh, "You're Tommy Edison." <laughs> oh, wow, we now you were a regular caller though for a while, weren't you? Is that that's how you ended up on the show? On the Stern Show? No, I never called it. I, oh, really? No, 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 no. Okay. Uh -uh. I so, so here's another story. I, this is all like story time, but um, so. I grew up in a town um, in Connecticut called Greenwich, okay, and my sister lives there still, and so does Baba Booey from the Stern Show, right? And he lives in my sister's neighborhood, hmm. and they used to do the summer solstice party every year, a big giant block party. They you know close off the streets and the whole schmear, and Flow 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 used to go to that party. So I found this clip and I said, oh my God, I'm going to bring it to him and just see what happens. Right. And so I saw him at the thing and I was like, hey, Gary, listen, I know you hate to talk about work, but I found this piece. And if you don't think it's the funniest noise you ever heard, oh, I'm yes. sorry, I wish I could give you back your 12 minutes. If you do like it, tell your boss. And that was a Saturday night and Monday morning they were playing that sound on the stage. <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember that. I remember that. Yes. The yep. sound. Yeah, it, it was the sound of a woman um, uh, gagging. Her name was Aurora Snow. Aurora, she's yeah. an adult star. Um, actually, she's a former adult star. She's out of the business now. Mm. 
That's right. I, yeah, we saw that. Uh, Ryan we showed saw me the, the clip on YouTube. Ryan yeah. showed me the clip, and I do remember hearing it at the time because, <laughs> and they, believe me, they played the heck out of that sound clip. They loved that clip. So if you're the creator of that clip, you gave joy to many people. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I I, maybe not as much joy as Aurora Snow gave, but but certainly <laughs> you're up there. <laughs> they actually, they, do you know they still use that clip to this very day? Wow. I'm sure they XM do. Show. They still play that sound. That's gold. It is. Yeah. yeah, I'm very happy. It's my little contribution to the world. By that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, screw film critics. Tell us some more stories, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I can tell you stories all day. What do you want to hear? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, what's your favorite movie? One of the movies, like, it's my go-to, and I just love this film so much. It's Goodfellas, the old Scorsese thing from, like, 25 years ago now. Right. But, um, man, that movie just, it cooks. It just, from the moment it starts, boom, you're going 100 miles an hour, and it's cooking. And that's one of those films um, that I believe that you could watch on a broken TV or listen to on the radio. I actually wanted to, I actually watched your YouTube clip on the Goodfellas, and I'd never seen it. Um, and so I actually watched it on the weekend to kind of prepare for this show. And you're right. Yeah. As somebody who's totally blind, you can follow along with the voices and kind of know from beginning to end what's going on. It's very Everything. well done. And yeah. it's compelling and you're going up. You're right with them. And you know who every character is. It's beautifully done. It's well written. It's well acted. It's well performed. All the sounds and music, everything. There's nothing wrong with that movie. I can't think of a thing wrong with it. Nothing. No, no, it was very well done. Yeah, and like if you've never seen Clerks, you should watch that one. That's another one where I, I again, I feel like you can put it on the radio and you could listen to it and it enjoy is. the whole thing. Right. Um, yeah. I did an interview just I was on Q uh, last week in Canada, and I talked about three films. So those are two of the ones. The other one I talked about was another Scorsese film back from 2012 called Hugo. Oh yeah. Which you would think you know being a 3D and all that kind of thing. Um, but my God, that's a wonderful story. If you've not seen it, sir, you really, you really should. I, I, and again, there's nothing to see, and the music and everything will transport you into the story. It, you'll be right a part of it, um, you know, without having to see the. And it's shot beautifully. The, the camera work is incredible in this thing. And that's what they tell me. But, um, <laughs> I did that for you. Yeah. Um, but, they, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's wonderful. And if you've not seen it, I really recommend it because it's tremendous. It'll just blow your mind. It's so good. Yeah, I'll check that one out this weekend as well. So yeah, what is do. what is your process then when you're going into a movie? Right. So when we go to the movies to do a review, um, I sit with Ben and we do not talk we don't say a word to each other from the you know even when the previews start that's it we, we no more talking because for the now i'll be honest with you this summer we tried a little bit of audio description to see for a couple of the movies that we reviewed over the summertime um but i think it was five times out of eight um there may be six out of eight the little box didn't work yeah so <laughs> way to go theater chain yeah um <laughs> but so here's the here's the process. We go and we don't talk. I sit and listen to the movie, um, and when it's over, I might ask him some questions, right? But uh, you know that's that's it. That's the whole process. And then we you know we go back and shoot the review, and then he does his magic and puts it up, and off we go. So do you try to read like the book, audio books before you go see a movie? Because I know like when The Martian came out, mm -hmm. you know, that's a film that I wouldn't have gotten anything out of if I hadn't read the book first. Right. Because there's a lot of silence in that movie. 
Yeah, I'm sure. No, I, you know what? I don't read the books. Okay. Um, like the, the Scream 4 book, I, I missed, I, I think. But the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I really don't read the book. I just sort of go in and, you know, maybe I'll see a trailer or something like that, but that's it. Yeah. Now, actually, I mean, that is, is kind of interesting. Like, how much experience do you have with, with um, video description? Not much, I'll be honest. Um, the one, the first thing I ever saw described, audio described, was um, The Matrix. And The Matrix, I'd seen a, a many, many times without it. And I couldn't get very far because I didn't understand what was happening. Um, and then somebody got me a copy of it on, on um, you know, on described video. Right. And it made a world of difference because now I can understand. Now I could follow everything. I knew right. what the flashbacks and everything, all the stuff was. So, yeah, it, it made a giant difference for me. But I don't watch a lot of described stuff, I'll be honest. The one thing that I saw recently de- that was described was a couple of years ago now was the uh, the Netflix series, Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And again, that's one of those I tried watching it without the description. It was completely lost. Yeah. And with audio description, it filled it all in for me. and let me know, again, the flashbacks and different scene changes and that. Um, and it made perfect, perfect sense. Yeah, if it's done well, it can really still keep you involved in the film without taking anything away from it. So, Correct. Absolutely but correct. But it is tricky. I mean, we, we had somebody on the show that, that runs one of the companies up here that, that does a lot of this um, described video for some of the TV stations here and actually for Netflix as well. And, you know, it's quite a process to to produce something that that has described video because they have to have voiceover people they have to have writers and you know when they're recording they have to make sure that the description doesn't step on the on the dialogue and so there it's a it's a real big um uh challenge for them yep no it's it's very tricky and it's and you know it's it's about economy of words too you have to do it because again like you like you mentioned you have to sometimes you're shoehorning it between lines of dialogue so you have to be very quick about what you say and how you say it Mm -hmm. and how you present it and i don't know if you know tommy but there's actually a subscription service now called tell me tv which is all described movies Oh wow! Yeah, I think six ninety nine a month. I haven't subscribed to it yet, and I don't know how much content they have. Right. But everything is described. Yeah, that's cool. I I, am, I I know I used to have <laughs> I used to have Bell Express View, um, in back a, a while ago now before they sort of kept the signal inside of Canada. But there was a really nice thing on channel on on channel fifty where it would tell you all the described video that was available that night across you know global and all the different networks. Oh well. you know. CTV and you know whatever it was, and and it was a very cool little feature. I love that. Yeah, I wish more cable boxes supported that type of thing. No, I do too. You know what's? I'll tell you a funny story. Do you know where the um, audio description lies in my cable company's system? No, it's in a very easy place for blind people to find the on-screen menu. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. yeah. So thanks everybody. That's right. Yeah, you like. I love it when those engineers are in charge of design. Well, that. <laughs> well, you know, well, it's when somebody who doesn't use the thing designs it. You know, yeah. I can't tell you how many radio studios I've been in where it was clearly built by an engineer, not by a disc jockey. You know, not even with a disc jockey's. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, that's right. The, the user needs to have some uh, some input into how the room and mm-hmm. how the thing is going to work. Yeah, that's all. That's right. It's like when they design a really beautiful wheelchair accessible bathroom at the top of the stairs. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's correct. <laughs> So this might seem like a, an obvious question, but how did you come up with your rating system? 
Um, yeah, the rating system was we were just trying to figure out how to how to rate the movies, and I I thought to myself, well, I guess the most eyes a person could have is four, right? In the old days, people used to call somebody with spectacles or glasses or four eyes. Yep. Right. So <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and then you could have four open or four closed or one and a half or two and a half, you know whatever it is. So that's how we came up with the uh, with the rating system for the movies. Right. And how how have the YouTube channels evolved over the years? Well, they, you know, the, I mean, the audience, right, is has been the, the big thing, um, you know, and that's what's really keeping us going. And, um, you know, people share the stuff. And so, you know, YouTube's been mainly the same. I mean, it's, you know, it's, they're, they're making more and more innovations and stuff, and it's gotten a lot more accessible. Um, but as far as putting the content up, it's, it's just about the community. It's about sharing. It's about... Um, you know, making that emotional connection that makes you want to share a video with somebody, you know, right. that that's what to me what it's all about. Yeah, well, and especially the the, you know, the content on the, the Tommy Edison experience channel. I mean, it sounds like it, you kind of started it sort of just to answer some questions. But it strikes me when I look at it, that it's actually kind of turned into a little, you know, it, it's it, it opens some real serious dialogue, um, it seems. I mean, have you found that like what's What's the response that you've gotten from, say, the blind community? I'll tell you what. One of the uh, one of the nicest things I get a lot of love for it for for the channel and for what we're doing and stuff. Um, but the the really nice thing that I hear often from the Tommy Edison XP channel is from parents who say that you know I have a two year old who's born blind and I was very worried about my child's life and then I found your stuff and it makes me feel so much better about. You know what the future has in store for my kids, so thank you for that. And I, that's the thing, man. That that's my favorite. Yeah, and I think it really comes down to you know having a really good support network around you, whether it's family, friends, um, you know, coworkers, whatever. Without that support network, you know, you're kind of left flailing. No, that's absolutely right. And I've been very fortunate. I've had you know good people around me and um, have been afforded an opportunity to do lots of different cool things. So I'm, again, very thankful for you know what's been happening. Mm -hmm. And I think the tone of the channel really helps, too, because you're able to answer you know some very serious questions, sort of tongue in cheek, that doesn't make people necessarily uncomfortable. And I think that that's important. Like it's important to just open a dialogue. And, and ask questions that everybody's curious about without feeling like they're offending anybody. Well, yeah, it's, you know, listen, and me, as you can tell, I like to clown. I like to joke and have fun. And so, you know, that's how I am. And so that's how I answer your questions. And that's been very good because, um, you know, again, people get to learn something and have a little fun. Like you laugh and, and then when it's over, you're Hey, wow! I actually learned something from that too. You know, so it's it's nice. And you know, I try not to beat you over the head with it or any of that kind of thing. And be, you know, this must be this way. Yeah. You know, it's just I'm just trying to tell you what it's like. You know. Yeah. And in general, how do you come up with the topics? Are they all user based questions, or do you guys kind of sit around, you know, on a Monday night and drink beer and come up with the with the ideas for the some of the topics? No. It's 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 mainly user questions. It's that's the thing that does the best for us. We've done some other things where, you know, I, for example, we we went to um, there's a, a guy we met called Cisco Master Gunfighter, who is a fast draw expert, right, cowboy style. Right. So I did a video with him, um, and he showed me a gun and showed me how it works and the whole thing. Um, and then we you know put a holster on and goggles and the whole thing, and then we started to you know to shoot. And the the object of the game was to see if I could draw 
aim, fire, and hit a target in under one second. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, you know, that's some of the stuff we did. Went to a place called Picture Car Warehouse where they do movie cars and stuff. So, you know, we've done some things like that. We went to a touch tank. We rode a roller coaster and that. So we do some stuff that's out in the world. But, you know, the questions are what, um, you know, what people really seem to enjoy. And how big is the team that produces the videos? Um, one. <laughs> ben does it all. He, he awesome. does everything. He, he directs them. He shoots them. He produces them. He edits them. Um, yeah, so he's the guy. It's, it's just the two of us, me and him. And w- where did you meet him? Did you, have you, was he a childhood friend or? No, I met Ben when we were working at Stars. Matter of fact, he worked. Um, he literally came up as um, what they called a street teamer. So he went around and you know went to visit people and gave away stuff. You know, we'll show up at your office with coffee and bagels this morning. He was a guy that would do <laughs> right, that. Right. Um, and so he went all the way from there up to morning show producer. So we actually got to work together at the end, which is real fun. And now you guys are doing this. And now we're doing this. Now, is this a, a full-time gig for you guys, or do you have something on the side, or how, how does that work? No, I'm doing – so I'm doing this, and I'm doing a lot of uh, public speaking as well. So I go around and talk about my life and tell stories and, you know, have a few laughs and, um, you know, and sort of talk about um, overcoming adversity and, uh, you know, what I had to do in order to you know, fulfill my dreams and this kind of thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, I go – and I've been very fortunate with that too and gotten to go around the world talking um, to incredible people. So, um, you know, that's a, 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 that's my other thing. So, And that's what I, I love. It's just being in front of an audience and talking people and getting that immediate reaction is tremendous right and do you do that all over the country or mainly just in your area no i go all over the country all over the world wherever you want me to go if you you know if you want to book me for something just go to the website and you know we'll talk and we'll hammer it out and get it straight and i'll be in your town speaking so i <laughs> you know I, i'll go wherever you want that's you know. that's awesome i mean so it must be great to travel you must travel a lot I, yeah, I travel a bit. It's 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 been fun. It's um, you know, I can I want to do more. There's places that I want to see that I've not been to yet. So, um, you know, hopefully I get to speak in some of those places. Right? It's always nice when you're going on somebody else's dime. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's the best way to travel. Yes, sir. Uh, well, speaking of that, then traveling around. Now, you were recently at uh, the YouTube Accessibility Summit. What was it last month? Uh, yeah. Yep. Here in LA. Yeah. And, and, and that was that was a great time. That was a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. So you were a featured speaker, correct? Yes, sir. Yep. Well, I was a panelist. I wasn't a featured speaker, but I was on okay. a panel. Um, and yeah, so we were talking about accessibility and YouTube and stuff. And, you know, it's it's really nice that they're starting to, starting to do that. And they're talking about things like putting some more audio description in videos and more closed captioning, um, you know, things like this that um, – you know, that you really need. I mean, closed captioning is very. There's a woman yep. that we know called Ricky Pointer, who's a deaf YouTuber and does right. great stuff. Um, and she talks a lot about captioning, and she's very passionate about it and very good too. And she even got Tyler Oakley to caption his videos. Now he's one of the bigger YouTube stars, right? Um, and he's doing it now. So you know, good for him. Yeah, and Ricky is one of the people Rob actually has on our list of potential guests. So yeah, we'd like to try to get, her, get her on as well. Yeah, that she she's a fun interview. She's she's a lot of fun. She's interesting and she has good stories. So, um, yeah, if you can get her, it'll, you know, it'll be great. I'd love to hear that one. Yeah, and I mean, it's really interesting. I mean, I feel like there there is a community sprouting up in YouTube of you know people with disabilities who are you know again. I think that it's very important that they they're able to get their voice heard, and 
you know, uh, tell stories and portray themselves as as you know, just regular people like everybody else and, and having the same issues with, you know, a bit of a twist on it. And it, you well, know, that, that, that's exactly right. And you know what the other thing it does to you? It helps to break the stigma so that when you see somebody like me on the street, for example, walking towards you, and if you see my videos, you're going, Hey, look at that. You know what I mean? I don't need to freak out or worry that he's going to break or fall or I don't, you know, <laughs> that's right. it, it really helps to break the, to break that and to, you know, sort of open it up. So uh, th that's one of the things that I also really like about doing the YouTube channel. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, we, we know a lot of people here in the blind community and you know, I don't know how many times we've heard the story about how someone's waiting in a crosswalk and somebody just grabs them, assuming that they need to be led across the crosswalk and they don't even want to cross that way. Right. And that's exactly right. I happen all the time happens all the time I, I was once <laughs> when I moved into a new neighborhood going back a bunch of years um, I was walking from the train station back to my house and I was a little you know a little unsure so I was sort of standing there taking my time and a, a fella came up to me and started to push me around and take me <laughs> and he didn't understand English and you know my Spanish isn't that good so um, it took me about uh, three quarters of an hour to find my way home after he left. <laughs> it was nuts <laughs> So you don't travel with a dog? I suppose you use a cane? Yeah, I'm a cane traveler, yeah. yeah. I, I used to have a dog. I had two of them, in fact. Okay. But um, I, I just like having a cane. It's it's easy. It's nice. It's, you know, having a dog is an awful lot of responsibility. It is. You know, it's like having a child. Yep. Um, and they're wonderful, and they do great things. But my situation really doesn't call for it at the moment. You know, if I was somewhere where I was out in the world every single day walking around a big city or something, you better believe I'd have a dog. Sure. Um, but for right now, my situation really doesn't call for it. So rather than take a dog away from somebody who really needs it, yep. you know, I just I just bow out. So you're a you're a you're an Apple guy. I yes, I am an Apple guy. Yep, from from Jump, as a matter of fact. I I called IBM and asked them, you know, told them my situation and this is what I'll need. And I was on hold for like 30, 45 minutes. Um, your call is important to us. Please stay on the line. <laughs> and I just got frustrated. So I called Apple next, told them what I needed. And they were, oh, you need to talk to Pete over here. Hang on just a second. And I talked to Pete or whoever it was. And they told me what I needed. And I said, wow, we, that's the kind of customer service I like. And so that was the thing that got me and has wow. kept me ever since. Yeah, it's it's one of those things we find that you know people who get their, their Macs or their Apple devices or get into that ecosystem, you know, really love their Macs or devoted to, you know, their accessibility. And you know, Rob and I have been talking recently about how, you know, accessibility in the mainstream really seems to be taking a turn for the better. You know, Microsoft is is spouting out accessibility left, right, and center now. Um, with their narrator in Windows 10 and what's what's coming next year. And, you know, it's, it's about time. You know, we're all kind of getting on the same page. And Apple's always been very good accessibility-wise, right? Absolutely, since the beginning. I mean, you know, they invented sticky keys because Steve Jobs, you know, years ago said, okay, now send a note with your nose. Type out a note with your nose. Um, because that's how, you know, he figured there might be somebody who'd need to use a machine that way. Right. And that's why he invented the sticky key. So you could hit the shift and it would stay down for a while so you could get to the letter you want to capitalize, you know. Right. And just different little innovations like that. And, yeah, they from, from the beginning, they've been very good about accessibility. Well, and it's funny, too, the whole concept of universal design, too, which is just the idea that, you know, these things aren't necessarily things that – only people with certain disabilities could use it. Really, it has applications for everybody. 
And That's exactly right. I always talk about how um, accessibility isn't just for people, you know, people with disabilities. Accessibility is for everybody. Um, you know, you want an example? Sure. How about the audiobook business? Right. right. The old days, that was just for the blind. Talking books, you had to get them from in this country, Library of Congress. Yeah. Um, and now the audiobook industry is a giant, you know, it's a billion dollar a year industry. Mm -hmm. Good for them. That's you right. know, and see, accessibility works for everybody. It really does. I mean, even texting in and of itself, I think when texting was first floated, the idea, it was mainly for, for deaf for the people. Deaf. Right. That's right. Yep. Yep. And here, and here we are. Nobody can live nobody, five minutes without Nobody texting. talks to anybody anymore. Nobody talks text. anymore. It's all done in type. It's <laughs> all right. done in print. That's right. And, you know, even described, described video, uh, you know, someone came up with a, a good example of, hey, if you're in the kitchen and you're, you're cooking you know, you're cooking dinner or whatever, put, put the described um, video on instead of, you know, so that you can keep track of what's going on when your you know, eyes aren't be able to be on the screen. So it has applications across the board. Well, that's exactly right. And closed captioning, I can't tell you how many times I've been with somebody in front of a television and the closed captioning is on and they're telling me about, you know, what somebody is saying due to closed captioning. So, yeah, it, it, you know, it really works for everybody. So if people can sort of get with that and understand it, um, it's going to be a lot easier, a lot faster and quite frankly, a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. That's right. Do you have a worst movie you've ever watched? Um, the worst movie? Um... Was it Scream 4? I don't know. See, I really <laughs> like crummy movies. I like bad things. I like I like glitter. I love glitter. It's just so fantastic. Like Grease 2. I, oh, my God. I love Grease. You know, it's going back a little bit, right. but boy, oh, boy. Nothing makes, me, you know, nothing makes me happier than I need a cool rider. <laughs> cool rider. You know, That's so funny. there's a couple of fun ones. I, you know, I like that kind of stuff. How many of your movies get a one eye out of four or five or whatever it is? Um, not many, but some do, yeah. you know, some of the superhero stuff gets low ratings because it's, there's nothing to, there's nothing to listen to. It's all sure. stuff to watch. Right. So, you know, I find it very boring, very dull. Um, you know, a lot of grunting and growling and sound effects and that, but no story. So now you did get you, a low rating. Did you see that, that, uh, don't breathe movie? Yes, I did see Don't Breathe. What a one! That was coolest movie this summer. Uh, movies I saw this summer. That was the coolest. No, um, no spoilers. We haven't seen it yet. <laughs> okay, I won't say a word. But it's on Blu-ray now, and it's got audio description. And the guy who directed it is a guy named Fetty Alvarez, and he actually yep. contacted me on Twitter and said, "Hey, listen, I just want to thank you for your videos. You really helped us to create the the character of the blind man in this film. So thank you very much." Wow. And. He invited us to a screening and then to the press junket. So I met the entire cast oh, of that film. It was wow. very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's Don't Breathe. I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to love Don't Breathe. It's a wonderful film. And did it you really watch? Cool. Did you watch? And it's not a horror movie. It's more of a suspense movie than a horror movie, I would say. Right. And did you watch it with the audio, audio description or without? I did not. I watched it without. Okay. And, you know, it, it was good, but uh, audio description would help fill in a lot of holes for me, for sure. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's a neat little film. I think you're really going to like it. <laughs> it's funny. I feel like horror movies these days would be very, very much less effective um, than they used to be. Just because so many rely on the concept of the jump scare these days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and as a, as a blind viewer, I can't see how jump scares must just not work. At all. Well, sometimes they work with the noise and stuff, mm. too. We, we did a video recently about that maybe it's not so much what's on the screen in a horror movie, but the sound, too. Like, because there's always kids sort of, you know, doing weird things or singing or, you know, and stuff in horror movies. Um, 
there's different sound. There's a thing called a water foam, which is this crazy musical instrument. And you've heard it a jillion times and never knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but they use it in horror movies all the time. And it's great. Even like the stringed instruments, like, you know, a violin can be very creepy, um, you know, to, to help to create an atmosphere. So, you know, there's a lot of the sound in horror movies is, is very important, too. Yep. So are you pretty much going to theaters to watch your movies? Or are you going back through Netflix and watching content and, and reading that stuff? Or you know, of- all the movies that we do for review are in the theaters. We try and see, we like to see things the first weekend they come out okay. so that we can, you know, put the reviews up and then we have a you know, time over the weekend to choose whether or not you'd like to see that film. Right. Now that was the original thought of doing the movie reviews. So yeah. Um, but I do watch Netflix of course. And, um, you know, I like that as well. But, uh, yeah, we go see all that stuff. We, we review all first run stuff, all the brand new stuff okay. when we do them. How do you feel about the theater-going experience these days? <laughs> well, listen, the movie theater's fun. I mean, there's a lot of things that you do in the movie theater that you don't do anywhere else. I mean, you know, you get your ticket, you wait in line to get your ticket, and then you right. walk through and smell the popcorn and stuff, and like there's that, that whole feel. And then going in and waiting for the trailers to start, and then <laughs> waiting for the trailers to finish so the feature starts. <laughs> but it's, no, but it's, it's a really fun, nice experience. I really like the movies, you know. There's all this built-in sort of hype that comes with it. Um, which you don't get when you pop something on Netflix, right? You just hit play and go. That's true. Um, so, you know, and plus I like the way that, you know, the movie theater sound, all this new audio t- is wonderful. And apparently they've got brand new stuff that somebody was just telling me about recently um, where they can actually put sound in just one speaker in the theater. if they Yeah. Want to. Dolby Atmos um, and DTX audio. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's that's going to be fun when they start doing them like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the movie the movie going experience is it's still great fun. I like it. Now, have you ever done anything like D Box or any of those theaters? Uh, no, uh-uh. no, yeah, I, I, no. I don't even know what is D Box. Well, I'm D, not it's sure. it's kind of like uh, God. How to explain? It's it? like rumble seats. Basically, so kind of a box under your chair. You can feel the subwoofer kicking you and shaking the chair, shaking you and moving you forward or back. You know, they tried that in 1974. It was the first time they ever did anything like that. It was an old film called Earthquake, which was done in what they called Sensoround. And they just had some giant subwoofers in in the theater to make you feel the earthquake when it happened. And it was a, it was a really neat trick, um, back in the old days. I, you know, I think they probably could do a little bit more with that, mm-hmm. um, to make it more realistic. But you know, that was it. I'll, I'll never forget when I saw, I saw it in a theater with a great system too, the old Zigfield in Manhattan. Um, so yeah, I got to see earthquake like that and it was incredible. Hmm. Now, do you generally go to the same theater? Um, no, but it just worked out this past summer. It, gen- it just worked out that we saw most of the films in the same place. So, yeah, and, and, and it's a nice theater and stuff. But again, the problem is with the audio description boxes, they, you know, they don't know what they are. You know, right. oh, you know, they brought me an iPad once for closed captioning. I said, no, that's, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I don't even ask for those boxes anymore. I just kind of go in and watch and or try to watch, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, and that's about, you know, listen. This technology is going to get better, and they're going to. It really, what it needs to do is be on an app. Yeah, I think, and I think they're working at. on it. it. Yeah, it's you know that should be just on an app, and you're in the theater, and you know it's it, like there's a geofence around it or whatever. Um, yeah, that would make I, you know, sense. and that's how that should work. Yep. They'll in my it. opinion, but who am I? Absolutely. Well, there you go. You can be a theater consultant. Well, thanks. Listen, I, you know, okay, okay, I'm available for hire if anybody wants me for a uh, theater consultant. 
um, you know, just <laughs> go to the website. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I used to, I mean, I used to go to movies rapidly, but even, even as a big movie fan, I have to say that, you know, over the past few years, it's, it's tougher and tougher to, to drag myself to the theater just because it's, uh, it's so easy to just consume content at home. But, you know, I get it. I get it that, you know, it, it isn't always experience. an exciting experience yeah. and that's part of the, you know, it's social, if, you know, it, it is a real different experience sitting in a theater with a large group of people watching something. I mean, you just, you get more out of it that way. Absolutely. But theaters just making it harder and harder. They're jacking up those popcorn prices and putting more commercials in front of the movie and it's, it's, it's tougher and tougher. Well, listen, it's not just their fault, too. You got to, you know, the studios are putting out more and more garbagey films. That's you know, true. there's more and more things that you're, you're just, they're mediocre, you know, and you go and, oh, and, and you're like, I don't know if I feel like taking a risk on the next thing, you know, it's right. that, that sort of gets you as well. Yeah. You know, you don't want to, you know, you, you dedicate a whole evening and, you know, $60 to, to a movie experience. And, you know, you, you have, unless it's top notch, you feel like you've been ripped off. That's exactly right. So, you know, it's everybody's to blame for the movie experience. That's true. Except us. <laughs> Completely. We didn't start the fire. That's right. <laughs> little Billy Joel for you, everybody. Yes. Where can people find you online? Um, you can find me at blindfilmcritic.com. That's the website. So you can just go there. You can also find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle there is at blindfilmcritic. I have an Instagram account. You can also find at blindfilmcritic. I'm on Facebook as Tommy Edison. And, um, you know, on, on YouTube, of course, the Tommy Edison XP channel. I'd love for you to watch some videos and check it out. Um, and there's, you know, new content just about every week, every Wednesday. So um, I'd love for you to check them out and watch. And, you know, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks so much for, for coming on, Tommy. It was, it was awesome talking to you. It, it's real. It was really exciting for us. And we'll link well, You to guys it. are great. It was, it was great to talk to you both as well. And, um, you know, let, let's do this again soon sometime, all right? Well, keep, keep the reviews coming because I need something to watch. You got it, sir. Well, all right. Appreciate and, you. And as a, as a ending note, I do have to say that you were the best YouTube celebrity, even better than Oscar the Blind Cat, <laughs> who we had on a few weeks ago. Thank you. Oscar was awesome, but you... He was pretty quiet. He was pretty quiet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's nice, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Tommy, thanks a lot. And we'll talk to you again. Okay. All right, fellas. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. So that was a good show. That was awesome. That yeah. was so cool to talk to him. Mm -hmm. I've been I've been actually watching his videos for years now. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's really interesting that he you know posted his first film or critique of a film, and then all of a sudden Ebert boom is posting it. You know, that is pretty. Like, that's phenomenal. That is that's an incredible stroke of luck yeah. for for YouTube because generally you know you start up a YouTube. Well, I mean we we've seen that mm -hmm. like it's it can be really slow starting Absolutely. to build an audience and to build even a, a Twitter following or, you know, a Facebook following. Yep. It's tough. It's an uphill battle. And to timings, everything to get tweeted, retweeted out by Roger Ebert on mm -hmm. your first video yep. score. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, yep. what a great guy. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so fun. Like he would be a great motivational speaker. Absolutely. He can, he's actually be able to make a living off it because. Well, he's got a lot of experiences that he can draw from and, and he is laid back. He's casual. He's funny. Yeah. You know, he's willing to talk to anyone about anything. 
you know, there's really no filters for them, right? Yeah, and I think that the the channel itself, I think, is incredibly valuable. Yeah, no, there's definitely good information out there, and you know, what a great resource and, and a, a way to a way to provide information to people. Absolutely. So we will certainly link to all his channels in the show notes. What do we got uh, going on next week? Next week, we are posting our Aroga Christmas show. <gasps> really? Jingle bells, jingle bells. Okay, don't do that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. holy night. Terrible. Rudolph the Red Nose Terrible. Those are all terrible Christmas carols. Those are all the worst Christmas carols. Well, what carols. do you like? Well, we're going to talk about that on the Christmas show, won't we? Frosty the Snowman. Terrible. Really? Yeah, those are terrible. Wow. Okay, anyways, we'll, we'll, anyways. Hark we'll, the Herald. Mm, it's better. <laughs> oh, Christmas tree. No, stop. Stop. <laughs> You're spoiling it. <laughs> we'll cover I've that. got the Christmas spirit. We'll cover that <laughs> next week. No, that should be fun. It's going to be a fun show. It's going to be something a little different. Um, you know, again, it'll kind of be like our Halloween show. It's just a fun show for everybody, for us. To share with our audience. So, so that's that'll be coming up next week. Yes. And I don't know what the hell we're doing the week after. Week after that is Dr. Gary Birch from Neil Squire. <gasps> that's right. I forgot about that. Yep. Um, all right. Then it's Christmas. And then it's Christmas. How many shopping days do we have left? Not many. Mm, I don't know. 12, maybe. <sighs> it's getting down to the wire. I really 10? need to step it up. Last year, I was I was smart, and I did most of my shopping on Amazon. But yep. this year, I've been way too slow on the draw. Yeah, I'm done. I'm Well, other than stocking stuffers for my wife, I'm done. Yeah. We're done. Oh, so lucky. Now, I got to I gotta hit the mall this week. <laughs> Shut up. Go either really early or really late. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to have to go after work. It's well, going to be brutal. You know, I'd go out at like 10. Walmart's yeah. open like 24 hours. You know what? I should have gone out yesterday when mm -hmm. I had the day off. Yeah. Curses. Oh, well. Curses. Live and learn. Yep. All right. So where can people find us? People can find us online at www.atbanter.com. If you care to drop us a line via the email, you can reach us at atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. And we really, really, really would like it if you would go to iTunes and rate our podcast. Don't beg, Ryan. I'm going to beg. Beg, beg, beg. Nope. Uh, we need ratings. And uh, what else? You can find us on the YouTube. On the YouTube. You can find us on Facebook. You can and find us the Twitters. The Twitters at AT underscore banter. Google Plus. And Google Plus. Of course, we can never forget about Google Plus. <laughs> I think I actually forgot to post last week's episode uh, well, on Google Plus because, anyways. I get emails from Google Plus and just look at it and go, yeah, whatever, delete. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, sorry, sorry, Google, Google Plus. Sorry, man. It's just, you know, it's. You're kind of the last social network yeah, we really think about. It, it's kind of true. You, yeah. you, you, had, you tried, and you guys <laughs> gave it a shot, and you tried, but it's just not going to be a thing. So, no. Sorry. All right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We will see everybody next week. And until then, ciao. This podcast has been brought to you by Aroga Technologies. Visit Aroga Technologies online at www.aroga.com.
That's A-R-O-G-A dot com. Music provided by bensound.com.